You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Father Greg Sackowitz, the rector of Holy Cathedral and co-host Mark Teresi, assistant to the rector, which happens to be me, for planning development at Holy Cathedral. Mark, how are you doing these days? You know, you you look like you've lost weight. Have you stopped eating now during this (laughs) pandemic? (laughs) In fact, the great line is that uh, I found something in my closet uh, from about 10 years ago that still fits me. What is it's it? It's my scarf. <laughs> <laughs> you got to laugh. You got you to keep, oh. keep a sense of humor in the whole thing. And really that, uh, These are tough days, but somehow, with the grace of God, this too shall pass. We need to go to prayer with faith, and we have to listen to the medical world. And uh, But people are getting frustrated. There's a lot of stress, a lot of fear, loss of jobs, uh, lines of cars for food. It's getting serious. Now, this is a little shout-out to our daughter, Dulce, who's a special needs, uh, 26 years old. She did a special sign, colored it, thank you to all the first uh, responders that put it in our front window. She said, I'm praying to Grandma Dolores that that we get healed. I thought she's got a good idea of how to at least be grateful still in this moment and also that we intercede with folks that have gone before us to, you know, help us through this thing. I always tell people, you know, churches are not closed. Buildings are. You are the church. We are the body of Christ. I'd love to see the cathedral open for liturgy, for prayer. We just have to keep uh, staying, stay home, stay safe. But we have a tremendous program lined up today on this topic. In fact, our phone number, 312-255-8408. 312-255-8408-WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. The time is exactly 8.03 on this rather beautiful uh, morning in Chicago. It, it is springtime, and uh, it's getting harder and harder to stay in. Could I give one more shout-out? Sure, go ahead, Mark. Because this weekend— You don't have it, to thank me again. <laughs> this would have been uh, Misericordia's Candy Days, where you would have seen Misericordia representatives oh, yeah. all over the city of Chicago Corners. collecting for that great mission on the north side of— the city sister Rosemary Conley and her team. So I would like to just do a shout out. You can go to their website. I don't have the in front of me, but misericordia probably org, uh, and they're doing an online candy days. So I guess it's, okay. at some point you'll get the candy. But uh, but the idea is they still have tremendous needs there, and they're going to be online. So if you have uh, it in your heart to support Misericordia, and you would have seen them driving to work, which you're not doing now. Could you please consider going online and supporting them? And Sister Rosemary Connolly, along with Father Jack Clare and that whole team, do a marvelous job. Joel so Skates, folks, Kevin Connolly, their the, team. Yeah, the whole team. Yeah. You know all of them. I know most They're of wonderful. them. wonderful, yeah. And the same time is to realize, go online, make a donation. But people are hurting financially. 
many people have lost so much. So and can we great, add one other thing too? Sure. Uh, and and I know many people are because many generous people at Cathedral are continuing to support Cathedral. Please consider uh, in your weekly um, discernment giving to your parish, continuing to give to your parish. Our priests are really working hard. Uh, they're suffering through this like we all are. Yeah, you know, thanks for saying that. And uh, yeah, the cathedral and every parish make that donation online. Mail the envelope. It's very important. All collections are down. So mm-hmm. thank you, Mark. Okay. Uh, Doctor Edward Gordon is yeah. an internationally recognized historian, researcher, and author. And Doctor Gordon has taught at DePaul University, Loyola Northwestern in Chicago. He has presented at museums universities, conferences, and professional associations and community organizations. And Dr. Edward Gordon was a distinguished lecturer for the Organization of American Historians. He's the author of 21 books in the fields of history, business, and education. Dr. Edward Gordon, Ed, how are you? That, that's too long an introduction, for one thing. That's a heck of a long introduction. Too long, way too long. The question is, can we uh, help people during this uh, pothole that we've sort of fallen into on the smooth road of American history. Yeah, I think I want to say, first of all, uh, Dr. Edward Gordon and his wife, lovely life, wife Elaine, are very active parishioners at Holy New Cathedral. And, uh, Ed, I miss seeing you and Elaine around the cathedral. And I miss that and not being able to go to Northwestern to volunteer in intensive care units as I have for many years. Yeah. Yes, the pastoral, the pastoral work you minister, do is, is yeah. a minister of communion and minister of care. And uh, in fact, our topic today, we're going to be talking about pandemics, epidemics, and the church. And um, what would be your opening remark, Edward, as we begin this whole thing with the uh, coronavirus 2020? Well, first of all, as a historian, I want to help all our listeners today to get a perspective on what we know about pandemics from the past, the recent past, and then maybe in other programs we'll go further back. But you know, in history, there are, no, there are not winners and losers, but there are consequences. And we need to look at the consequences of what these pandemics do, and then take the perspective that, you know, folks, there is hope, mm-hmm. there is a future, this will end. And we need to do our utmost first uh, in healthcare, and then uh, on the pastoral level to help people to renew their faith. So let's go back to 1918. You know, my mother was a little girl then, and she told me stories of how she got sick with the Spanish flu and her sister and my grandmother, her mother. They got very, very sick. And at that time, uh, in 1918, 1919, 500 million people worldwide were affected, mm. infected with the Spanish flu, all right? And in the United States, uh, there were about 26 million people out of a population of 105 million, 25% that were infected. Mm. Ultimately, 675,000 people died from the flu in different waves. And in fact, people died more in the second wave than they did in the first wave. When was the second wave, like 1919? Uh, Yes, 1919. And it was very uneven because as some cities kept their restrictions on for a long time, others lifted them, and then the infection and death rate spiked. All right. Was St. Louis one of those towns that really enforced stay-at-home? 
as a result of that, uh, St. Louis actually started earlier than other cities like Philadelphia uh, and New York and Boston. And as a result of that, their infection rate was lower. But even a better example, if you want to look at this, is San Francisco. They kept their controls on from September of 1918 through May of 1919. As a result, the the deaths were reduced in that city by 90%. Now, I want you to also understand that they didn't have the controls that we have now. Yes, there were masks, there was some social distancing, but they didn't have, as we are developing now, additional drugs to help relieve some of the stress on people's bodies when they got infected. Now, Edward, I want to talk more about that, but I'm going to have Mark take us to break because this this is fascinating. Go ahead, Mark. Yes, so when we come back, uh, Ed, you're going to talk about there is hope, renewing our faith. How do we look at this pandemic uh, practically, and how do we learn from history? WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackwitz, Mark Tracy here. We will be back. We will be back soon with Ed. Food pantries, home-delivered meals to seniors, evening-to-go meals for the homeless, financial assistance, counseling, and other services. These are all programs Catholic Charities has been providing for years to people in Cook and Lake Counties. And during the COVID-19 pandemic, we have worked to keep all of these programs going, never turning anyone away. The needs are urgent and they will grow, but we want you to know that we will be here, as we always have been, with food, housing, financial assistance, and ongoing support. Thank you to the many, many donors and partners helping us serve those most in need. We couldn't do it without you. Would you consider joining us too at this historic time? Go to catholiccharities.net to donate and to learn more about our volunteer opportunities. Thank you on behalf of all those we have the privilege to serve. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here. A census is about to take place in the United States. It only occurs every 10 years, and it's extremely important that we all participate. Hello, I am Cardinal Blaise Supich, here to tell you that I recently signed a proclamation of support for this nationwide initiative. I signed the proclamation because I know how critical the census is to our future. The census numbers determine political representation and the allocation of billions of dollars of federal, state, and local funds. Underserved neighborhoods especially need accurate counts so they can receive their fair share of improvements in infrastructure and services. Please respond to the 2020 census questionnaires. This is for citizens and non-citizens alike. All information is totally confidential and will not be shared with other government agencies. We all benefit from an accurate census count Thank you for participating, and may God bless you and your families. We're back, WNDZ, 750 AM, Catholic Chicago. 
with Dr. Ed Gordon. Usually I call you Father Ed Gordon, but to, no, no, no. I'll get it right this time. Elaine <laughs> would not be happy. Dr. No. Ed Gordon, um, Ed, you had talked about learning about the, from the consequences, two things. There is hope, renewing our faith. Talk about more about that Spanish flu. What specifics and then what we can learn from Okay, well, first of all, the the social distancings and shutdowns were practiced, but they were very uneven. Now, remember, we're talking about uh, a, a death rate in Chicago of 1.1% of the population of the city of Chicago wow. died. Wow. All right? Now, Chicago had, at that time, around 756,000 people within the city. 8,500 people died in total. Mm-hmm. Now, let's just take a look. I'll give you an example of this. Now, Cardinal Mundelein had restrictions. However, the, he did stop all of the sacraments being given, such as confirmation and baptisms. But Sunday Masses were still held, but they couldn't be any longer than 45 minutes. And, Greg, you only have five minutes for your sermon. Because <laughs> oh, he, brother. he laid that on there, so I want you to keep that in mind oh, in the my future. Lord. So there are positive consequences. <laughs> That's right. It's now, something to learn from. <laughs> but uh, Mass was held, and they aired out the church for 15 minutes between uh, Masses, and they sort of used disinfectant. Well, because of that, the death rate in Chicago... I'm sure, was somewhat higher among people going into those churches and attending those masses. Mm -hmm. And masks were used, but they weren't as widely used as we're seeing now across the United States. So, uh, and the churches and the Sisters of Mercy, uh, the the, uh, Daughters of Charity, they worked in hospitals throughout the United States. Religious orders did nursing duties uh, in New Orleans and St. Louis and in Chicago and in Dallas. So the church did a great deal to try to help in this pandemic. Now, Edward, again, uh, back up for a second. Mm-hmm. What was the population in the city of Chicago in 1918? Uh, uh, approximately, uh, it was... Uh, uh, just a moment, 756,000 people. Okay, so three quarters of a million, and how many died in the... Uh, 8,500, 8, which is 1.1%. Okay, 1.1% so, pandemic. Okay. Yeah, you know, right now, I'll give you, we within Chicago, there are 2.7 million people in the city, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, approximately 13,500 people have been uh, infected at this point, all right? Okay. And there have been 569 deaths. That's just gone up slightly uh, since yesterday, but I don't have that exact figure. Mm-hmm. Now, if we have the same death rate, uh, right now it's 2.7 million, that would mean 68,000 people wow. uh, would become infected, and 30,000 people would die, mm-hmm. all right? To get 1.1, correct. That's right. In Chicagoland, there's eight and a half million people in the suburbs and the counties around uh, the city. That would be uh, 2.1 million people would be infected, and 94,000 people would die. Now, those numbers certainly are not acceptable. But Mm -hmm. we can tell you again that what we do know, what we learned from these pandemics, is that social distancing is important. And that as it's lifted, if it's lifted too quickly and too broadly, 
the infection will spike and more people will die. Can you repeat that again for our listeners? I sure, just so, of course. Yeah, I think if that's social important. distancing and the quarantine is lifted too quickly and social distancing and other sanitary conditions that are being enforced now are lifted too quickly, more people will be infected in the second wave and people will die. But now, okay, now Edward, I have this question, two-pronged. People are starting to say to me, you know, Father Greg, open up the cathedral, let us go in and pray. And number two is, what makes this so different from another flu? Flu is flu. Are we overreacting? Well, the, the chief difference right now is this. I got my flu shot, and Elaine did, mm-hmm. so we wouldn't get it. 40,000 people die across the United States in a normal flu season right now. Some actually got the flu shot because even the vaccines aren't perfect, but the majority won't. Very few people will Mm -hmm. uh, contract the flu. We don't have a vaccine for this. There was no vaccine in 1918. uh, There are efforts, and if today you read in the Wall Street Journal how they could speed up uh, the process to get a COVID vaccine, but remember something. If a vaccine is brought on too quickly and it's toxic, it will kill people right. or it won't be effective, all right? Mm. So uh, to open up the cathedral now uh, would require everyone wears a mask, everyone would be distanced, and you'd have to control the number of people that enter the building because even though you can seat 1,400, you have to make sure that you don't get that many people in the cathedral. Now, right? I, can I ask you a question? So as we're going through this, I'm learning a, a lot. We well, all you, are, Mark. You learn from history. There's no playbook. Right. You learn from history. So, Ed, you're a historian. You know this stuff. How are you and Elaine living this out? What, 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 what are your behaviors that you're embracing during this pandemic to say, you know, I learned, I'm a historian, I learned, here's what we're doing, and I would just encourage other folks to do do this. Well, I will say that in the modern era where we live today, we are surrounded by a great deal of noise, a great deal of distraction. Uh, do I need to actually have an update every hour of how many people have gotten sick and died? Mm-hmm. Do I need to read, reread, and re-reread every story of people who have survived or who have died? These are very tragic mm-hmm. stories, mm-hmm. and they're also uplifting stories. I talk to doctors and nurses, and they tell me their stories. However, We are living through a period of time that will end. There is a tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And if we continually concentrate on the negative and not the positive, is is the glass half full or half empty? Will the economy recover? The answer is, yes, the economy will recover. Mm -hmm. And it's going to recover because people will work hard to make it recover. Mm -hmm. And the best thing to do is to keep our morale up and our optimism up. These are difficult days. Our parents went through the Great Depression. Our parents went through the Second World War. We have had other national disasters. Look at 911 in New York when that hit on that day. People rose to the challenge. I see people doing that now. It will take time before this ends, but it will end. Right. And at the same time, we have our faith to help us. And maybe when we come back, we can talk, elaborate on on that idea. Where does where does where does cathedral where does the church fit in? 
to this in terms of moving us through this to a next phase of our living together. So WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago, Father Greg Sackwitz with, oh, we have a telephone number, 312, if you have a question for Dr. Ed, 312-255-8408, 312-255-8408. We'll be back in a few minutes and continue this very fascinating and important conversation. Please stay tuned. Catholic Charities started in 1917, veterans were among our first clients. That work continues today. Each year, more than 20,000 veterans turn to Catholic Charities for support through a variety of services and programs. We provide vets in need with food, shelter, counseling, and more. Our job training program includes job readiness training, resume writing, mock interviews, and job placement guidance. Our supportive services for veteran families offer additional assistance as vets work to become as self-sufficient as possible. With gratitude, our veteran programs are based on the belief that as veterans faithfully served our nation, it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about our veteran services, call 312-655-7700 or go to catholiccharities.net. That's 312-655-7700 or catholiccharities.net. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. We'll talk with Cardinal Blaise Supich about how the COVID-19 epidemic is affecting just about every aspect of life in America, including how we worship. We'll talk about attending Mass online and how the church continues to reach out to help those in need. We'll also bring you stories about using modern technology to teach fire safety to our children and when losing your hair can be a good thing for others. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable Channel 25 and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network Channel 100. Catholic Charities needs your help. Amidst the COVID-19 pandemic, Catholic Charities continues to serve those least able to navigate these extraordinary circumstances, the poor, the homeless, the elderly, and those with no one to turn to. The needs in our community will only grow in the coming weeks and months, but so will the resolve and generosity of countless individuals across our region. With your help, Catholic Charities will be there for those impacted with the food, financial assistance, and other support they need to recover and rise. Please visit catholiccharities.net and give what you can. We're back, WNDZ, 750 AM, Catholic Chicago. Our telephone number is 312-255-8408. We're here with Dr. Ed Gordon. Father Greg, you have a question. Yeah, Edward, you're doing a phenomenal job in just connecting the present with the past. One quick question. With the Spanish flu in 1918, 1919, what happened in Philadelphia with the Spanish flu? The city was out of control with dying and death. Well, uh, first of all, Philadelphia inaugurated a lockdown earlier than some other cities. And as a result of that, the number of people who got sick and died in Philadelphia was less than it was I'm sorry, 
I'm talking about St. Louis oh, lockdown. Right. Philadelphia didn't. In fact, they had a big parade right before they mm. locked down, and that caused all the numbers to spike. Whereas St. Louis locked down earlier, and uh, their rates were lower. And as I mentioned a few moments ago, San Francisco uh, kept uh, the quarantine going for a much longer time period. And as a result, uh, their death rate was much, much, much lower than other major uh, metropolitan areas. So in many ways, with Philadelphia having a big parade, I think, regarding the war ending or whatever it was, would that be equivalent to our country back in late February, Mardi Gras in New Orleans? Yes, that's right. Any large gathering of people today is going to transmit that virus. I think the, the part that scares me the most, well, a lot does with this whole pandemic, is Mark Teresi here could be COVID-19 positive, feel terrific, no symptoms, nothing, give it to me and put me on a ventilator, and he would ask, I wonder how Greg got COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, Javi, our engineer, could be COVID-19, he's young, and be test positive, and walk around interacting with people, you know, infect 20, kill four, and not even know it. I've never seen a flu where you can go someone, no symptoms, and somebody else the ventilator and dies. Well, remember something. We have no way of testing anyone right now that is universally available mm-hmm. so that we can test you and you can test Mark and me. Chris, now I'm sitting here uh, remotely today in my uh, library talking to you on the phones. So you can't get me over the phone. Mm-hmm. We know that. All right. Mm-hmm. But we need tests for, uh, for everyone. But remember something. Once we have a test and we decide, well, today Father Greg is free, then Father Greg meets somebody, Mm -hmm. and tomorrow he gets infected. So Uh that test is only valuable for really a limited time period, depending on how you isolate yourself from others. All right? Um, And also, if we... uh, There are going to be tests coming out now which will test your blood and to see if you have some natural antibodies Mm -hmm. that protect you from the COVID-19 flu, from this pandemic, this Mm -hmm. epidemic, really. And uh, again, that's good, but we don't know how long that will last in your bloodstream so that you will be protected from that. Remember, until recently, this virus didn't exist. There the, the research on this is just really starting now. So we were totally unprepared for this because this is a very new virus. Mm-hmm. So we don't have in place the medical precautions or the medical treatments that we need, particularly the vaccine. And until we have a vaccine that's widely available, we will see flare-ups of this disease. And how significant those flare-ups will be will be to the degree we practice protective measures. And I will say one thing to you, and that is, and this will go for all churches, when people, if people think for a moment that if the stay-at-home is lifted and the churches once again become open, it's not a matter of the cathedrals is flipping lights on mm. or any church flipping a light on. There'll be no new protocols, new directives. There'll be changes. Uh, about seating capacity. So when people think, oh, it's over, it's over, flip a light on, unfortunately, folks, it's not going to happen. Just like I think as people said to me, you know, shaking hands is a thing of the past, hugging a thing of the past. 
And I find even now people walking six feet apart as they walk down the street, they go on the street. And it's going to take a while to change some of this thinking where it's not six feet, but also moving forward, baseball, football, basketball, church. What about large gatherings? Before we continue that, Mark, take us to break. Okay, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago, Dr. Ed Gordon. Uh, Ed, when we come back, I I wanted to ask you, as we looked at that Spanish flu and that pandemic, epidemic, um, what things happened transitioning us back to um, some kind of a Normalcy. Yeah, normalcy. So when we come back, if you can share some of that, those are those signs of hope and maybe how the church fits into that, too. So we'll be back in a few minutes. WNDZ, 750 AM, Father Greg Sackwitz, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. Thank you. Please stay tuned. nothing quite like participating in a virtual event and Catholic Charities has a great one for you to consider being a part of this spring. The 2020 Blossoms of Hope will take place on Sunday, April 26th. Attendees will log in free of charge from their laptops or desktops at home. Instantly, they will be connected to hundreds of the most compassionate people in Chicago. Blossoms of Hope will feature powerful speakers, moving tributes, and enjoyable online games, all dedicated to honoring those who have been lost to suicide. It will be the annual gathering of those who believe in and support Catholic Charities Lost Program that has been working for over 40 years to help survivors of suicide deal with the grieving process and move forward with hope. Experience how a virtual event can bring people together in the most inspiring way. To learn more, call 312-948-6797 or visit catholiccharities.net slash lostbrunch. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. Henry Ford once said, a business that makes nothing but money is a poor business. At Catholic Charities, we are deeply grateful to our corporate partners who agree with Henry Ford. Some of our corporate partners make a financial commitment each year to the work of Catholic Charities. Other partners donate or offer reduced prices on goods and services that help our clients find stability in their lives. Still other corporate leaders gather their employees and regularly volunteer at our food pantries and our suppers for the homeless. For over a century, support from businesses large and small has been vital to our efforts to strengthen the lives of individuals and communities, one person, one family at a time. If you'd like to join us in our mission, please call 312-948-6864. That's 312-948-6864. Thank you. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago.
We're back. WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago. Telephone number uh, for fa- uh, Father. There, I did it again. Dr. Ed Gordon, uh, two, 312-255-8408. Ed, let's talk about some stories of hope from that Spanish flu. Well, uh, first of all, the Spanish flu finally subsided, but it didn't subside to the summer of 1919. It started in March of 1918. It spiked in the uh, during the fall of 1918 again, mm-hmm. and it didn't subside until 1919. And that's basically after a significant number of people who had gotten sick from it and didn't die had built up resistance. There never was a vaccine. Oh, now, in this instance, what I expect will happen is that uh, you will have the uh, disease rise and fall depending on how well we quarantine, and ultimately a vaccine will be developed, and that will end it. Uh, now, the other fact is, during the history of these pandemics, epidemics, plagues, people have always played the blame game. Mm-hmm. We see this now again. One group of politicians blames the other group of politicians back mm-hmm. and forth. This does no good. Yeah, also, exactly. too, also, too, in the past, the Jews were blamed for the plague, the bubonic plague. Hmm. And once again, we see now Jews facing hatred, saying that they are responsible for this, that they are making this worse. These lies must stop. Mm-hmm. This has nothing to do with this. You know, there are some groups, there's a fringe religious group, a Japanese group, called the Happy Science Religion. And they're telling you that they have, they can administer a spiritual vaccine remotely that will solve the plague. All right? Again, a lot of nonsense. Mm -hmm. A great deal of uh, blaming and looking for culprits is happening. Yeah, finger we, pointing. Yeah, and we need we need to to move away from this. Hey, now, the, Edward, I have a question. Going back, connecting this pandemic to uh, Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. Do you have any stories or comments what Cardinal Mundelein did to come out of it in 1919 as a church in Chicago that kind of helped things turn around a little bit? Or maybe that's too tough of a question, or um, there's nothing in the history books about that. Well, I can tell you. What he did is what you're doing right now, Greg. He encouraged the priests to reach out to the faithful, nuns, brothers, and priests, and to serve his flock, and also to preach the fact that this was not the punishment of God for their sins. All right? I want to emphasize that to all, to everyone. It's an opportunity for people to care for their parents, their children, and others. But instead, we need to uh, rediscover the biblical tradition of lamentation, the expression of solidarity with our families and our fellow human beings to better help each other. You know, people talk about the new uh, social networks on the Internet. Well, this is an opportunity in the long run to bring people together once this is over, because we need love and compassion to help one another. There is no easy answer to this, 
But on the other hand, if we have solidarity, we can come up with a narrative for integration of our lives and what the pain and anguish means. So, Edwin, so as a historian, so you know that piece. A great historian. As a parishioner at Holy Name, as we transition through this, what would you expect at Holy Name? How did you expect us to transition into uh, back to our worshiping community? Well, I, I suspect that gradually the distancing will be lifted as people are uh, either, either have uh, the uh, germs in their bloodstream already and uh, they can uh, go into church and we find a valid way to determine how long uh, this uh, defense against the virus would last in their blood. Mm-hmm. So I expect that to, to, uh, to actually happen. I do expect a vaccine will, will ultimately happen. Once that occurs and people can gather once again, it's up to the people that once again are available to help each other with the greater community by contributing their time, their talent, and their treasure to help others and to help the priests. When you come into church the first time after this, are you going to distance yourself from folks? Well, I'll take precautions. Mm-hmm. You know, probably I, wear a mask. Yeah, right. I wear a mask now yeah, when I go right. outside. You know, mm-hmm. so and I wear a mask when I go into stores, um, and I'll probably wear a mask when finally I can get a haircut. Mm-hmm. Which you know, I'll, I'm going to look <laughs> like I. Did I don't back have to worry Edward, about that. You know, Edward, you need a haircut. I need a haircut. Mark, Teresa, and Javi don't need a haircut. They're bald. <laughs> so this is not a concern of ours. And it, but I'll tell you something. In fact, we, a couple of comments, but Mark, take us to break. Okay. When well, we, it's been a great, this has been a great fast hour. Yeah, when we come back, Father Greg will lead us into kind of the next phase of what we're looking at here in the pandemic. Um, no jokes about <laughs> it. WNDZ, 750 AM, Catholic Chicago. Dr. Ed Gordon with fascinating how we can learn from history in this and how we can look with hope to the future uh, and how the church can help us renew. The telephone number is 312-255-8408. Once again, Catholic Chicago, Father Greg Sackwitz. We'll be back in a few minutes. Where do you go when you realize that you or someone you love needs assistance at home? Where can you turn and know you will get sound advice that you can trust? Catholic Charities Home to Stay program offers competent help and peace of mind to seniors and to their family members. Our thoroughly trained professional caregivers provide companionship, assistance with seniors' basic needs, and help with light housework, all in the comfort of a senior's own home. Schedules can be flexible, so seniors receive only the help that they need and want. Most of all, Catholic Charities has the name and reputation you can count on, with more than 100 years of experience helping people at transitions in their lives. To learn more, call 312-655-7415. That's 312-655-7415. Make the most of each day with Home to Stay. A census is about to take place in the United States. It only occurs every 10 years. And it's extremely important that we all participate. Hello, I'm Cardinal Blaise Supich, here to tell you that I recently signed a proclamation of support for this nationwide initiative. 
I signed the proclamation because I know how critical the census is to our future. The census numbers determine political representation and the allocation of billions of dollars of federal, state, and local funds. Underserved neighborhoods especially need accurate counts so they can receive their fair share of improvements in infrastructure and services. Please respond to the 2020 census questionnaires. This is for citizens and non-citizens alike. All information is totally confidential and will not be shared with other government agencies. We all benefit from an accurate census count. Thank you for participating and may God bless you and your families. Are you cleaning out your closets this winter? If so, Catholic Charities would be grateful to accept any gently used clothing donations that you have. Winter coats, boots, sweaters, pants, hats and gloves in all sizes are always appreciated at this time of year in our community clothing room. Also needed on an ongoing basis are new underwear and socks for guests who come to use the shower facilities in our Pope Francis Ministries. And all types of professional clothing for men and women are most welcome in our Mary's Closet wardrobe. The special collection of dressier clothes is offered to our clients who are preparing for job interviews. Drop-offs can be made at 721 North LaSalle Street or at any of our regional locations. For more information, call 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. Thank you from everyone at Catholic Charities. We're back, WNDZ, 750 AM, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408 with Dr. Ed Gordon, who is talking to us about what we can learn from this pandemic, what history teaches us. Now, I had a question um, at, at the cathedral. You know, we have many people who are saying to us, this is great that we have, I mean, they hate that we have to be closed, but they understand it. Then there's a whole other faction of folks that say, uh, Father Greg, open the cathedral. We need to pray. We need to get in there. Um, what would you say to them? Well, God is with us always. The power of prayer is universal. The power of meditation and personal meditation is very strong. Mm -hmm. I think it's important that each day people meditate and pray in their own way, through formal prayer or through their own prayer that they make up. God is compassionate and he is with us at all times. We believe that. Mm -hmm. That's what the sacraments have been for. That's what we have been raised to believe. That's why we are Catholics. We have that dimension of grace coming from God into our lives. If we allow it to happen and not allow the devil to overwhelm us with anxiety, hatred, and selfishness, we are not helpless. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that, I think that is very important. I would also want to add, Edward, maybe some great comments. As, uh, as you mentioned earlier, you know, every hour we're given updates regarding deaths, stories, negative ones. But I really, a term that I used or have heard about three weeks ago was called a hoop huddle, which means take a part of the day with others and your family, through the Internet, whatever, and share something positive. You know, we always talk about nobody likes to be around someone that's always negative energy. 
yeah. always negative and brings you down. That's right. Well, the same thing here. We can get caught up in this thing of, now, I, hey, I realize this is horrible. We're staying at home. Uh, I look down the street from uh, the rectory from Superior and Wabash. No cars, two people walking. In the middle of the day or rush hour, it's incredibly eerie, eerie silence. And so to be something positive, but see, my fear is uh, if we were to open a cathedral or any church right now, which, folks, I wish we could. I'd be the first one, and also I'm getting from people, a longing for Eucharist. They yeah. miss Holy Communion yeah. for that spiritual, you know, the body and blood of Christ into our hearts. Um, and, and, I, and I get that, and I truly get that. But see, my concern is, as you mentioned earlier in the program, if we open the doors too soon, start having celebrating mass, what, whatever, is you get a relapse, and usually the relapse is worse than the first mm-hmm. time. Well, let me give you this perspective. Many times when I have worked in intensive care units, I can't give communion to the person who's on a ventilator. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, I do a spiritual communion, mm-hmm. and I say a special prayer with many times the the wife or the husband or the children are there and i talk about how much that person believes in god believes in his presence and asks him to come spiritually into his heart we need to do that now we need to pick up the phone and talk to our friends our neighbors our relatives maybe the aunt the uncle or the child that you've had an argument and disagreement with for many, many years, Mm -hmm. and talk to them about your anguish and your pain. Listen to them. Share the stories of what you're doing. Don't remain isolated. God does not want to be isolated from us, and we should not be isolated from the ones that we care about and love. I also want to say, I really want to do a kudos to the people of Chicago and the suburbs. They have done a magnificent job of staying at home for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, I mean, I look outside the window, very few cars, very few people walking except maybe their dog. And this has been a huge change. I mean, think about this, Edward. If you would have told me two months ago, which would have been February 23rd, that the next two months would unravel and look like this or unfold, I would have said, you're crazy. And, that, um, and, and also, see, what's really frustrating people is just give us an end date. Well, nobody knows an end date. I'd love to say April 30th ends a stay at home, May 5th, May 7th, whatever that date would be. But we don't know. But more importantly is you hang tough, God is with us, and God will see us through this. Remember, all things pass. Yeah. God does not change, and patience can achieve everything in our lives. Yeah, I think, I think it's a good point about the patience and, uh, and one day at a time. And also, and I also have used a phrase is, um, oh, I can't think of it right now. I haven't had enough coffee. But this is not a time in our lives. Oh, I call it, here it is, radical self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. Radical self-acceptance, which means this is no time to judge yourself or somebody else. Be nice to you. We're going through tremendous fear, stress. It's almost like a wartime. And we're dealing with an enemy. We can't see. It's like tackling fog. We can't see the enemy. And somehow, or here's, here's a great line I heard is uh, when people say, I don't believe in God because I can't see him. And you know, the same person, I say, well, you can't see this virus, but you're wearing a mask. You know, yeah. the Pope usually preaches to 
hundreds of thousands of people in that square in front of St. Peter's. Mm -hmm. And on March 27th, uh, the Pope Francis stood alone in St. Peter's Square, and he held up a golden monstrance containing the Blessed Sacrament. Mm -hmm. This was called the Miraculous Crucifix. It normally hangs in a church in Rome. And the devotion carries with, he carried this through the streets to help stop the plague, originally in the 16th century. That relic was a powerful sign of hope mm -hmm. that resonated to Catholics and believers around the world. Exactly. And we need, again, those signs of hope, yeah. that whoever has God lacks nothing, and God alone will suffice during this period of stress during this crisis, Beautiful. and he will be there for us when it ends, and we can be stronger as a result of having gone through this. This is not a meaningless process. This can help bring us together and make our families, our communities, and our nation stronger. Amen. And exactly. When we come back, um, let's talk a little bit about some practical experiences. Maybe I'll start with one and then, Ed, you can elaborate on how, how do you, we're still human. How do we deal with this day to day? How do we deal with this longing for our folks? How do we, you know, uh, uh, the social networking isn't enough. So how, how, how do we fill that gap in terms of our spiritual life? Uh, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. Father Greg Sackwood's here with Dr. Ed Gordon, who is really encouraging us to live in hope. And we'll be back in a few minutes to hear some more stories of how we can be a hopeful people during this very difficult time. Please stay tuned. Are you an attorney who's retired or semi-retired from your practice? Catholic Charities welcomes your expertise. Whether it's a dispute with a landlord, a concern about possibly being the victim of a scam, or an issue regarding family law, clients can feel alone in the complex legal system, especially if they are unable to afford an attorney. Our volunteer attorneys answer our legal advice line, offer one-hour consultations, and conduct legal seminars. They're dedicated to informing and empowering low-income individuals as they navigate civil law issues affecting their lives. Come in when your schedule permits and share your knowledge with grateful clients. To learn more about this rewarding volunteer program, please call 312-948-6821. 312-948-6821. Thank you for considering Catholic Charities Legal Assistance Team. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the Archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. We'll talk with Cardinal Blaise Supich about how the COVID-19 epidemic is affecting just about every aspect of life in America, including how we worship. We'll talk about attending Mass online and how the church continues to reach out to help those in need. We'll also bring you stories about using modern technology to teach fire safety to our children and when losing your hair can be a good thing for others. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. Food pantries, home-delivered meals to seniors, evening-to-go meals for the homeless, financial assistance, counseling, and other services. These are all programs Catholic Charities has been providing for years to people in Cook and Lake Counties. 
And during the COVID-19 pandemic, we have worked to keep all of these programs going, never turning anyone away. The needs are urgent and they will grow, but we want you to know that we will be here as we always have been with food, housing, financial assistance, and ongoing support. Thank you to the many, many donors and partners helping us serve those most in need. We couldn't do it without you. Would you consider joining us too at this historic time? Go to catholiccharities.net to donate and to learn more about our volunteer opportunities. Thank you on behalf of all those we have the privilege to serve. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here. We're back, WNDZ, 750 AM, Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackwitz here with his dutiful servant, Mark Teresi. <laughs> By the way, Edward, do you have the uh, 50 bucks you owe me? <laughs> uh, I think I have the right person. The 50 bucks I owe you. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Don't act so innocent, Edward. So, so here's what... Here, <laughs> I love giving Edward a hard so time. Here's I know what, you do. <laughs> here's what our discussion is prompting me to think about in a very real way. So our computer went out. Our son is a computer guru. Uh, I took the whatever they call that modem thing, and I was going to drop it off at his house. But they're isolated. We're isolated. I put it in the back of my car, pulled up to his place, called him. He came and uh, took it out of the back of the car. I said hi to him through the open window, and that, that was it. But what it made me think about was, our relationship is no less loving as a father and a son, but in in our humanity, we can't express it. So yeah. that that's part of the spirituality of this thing. It's this, like we're you know God loves us. We want to we want to love, but we can't. Well, Mark, I'll give you one for yeah. Easter Sunday. I'll be honest with the folks. Easter Sunday in my life felt like Good Friday yeah. in terms of my mother passed away in January, so no mother. My brother and sister were by themselves. I mean, my brother and his wife with the two of them, my sister and her husband, the two of them, my other sister with her children, the, the four of them. I was at the rectory, which God bless, I live in a great house at the cathedral, wonderful priest I live with, and the sisters who uh, staffed the residency. But I longed for my family as much as I love my brother priests. Yep. And so Easter Sunday, I've never spent Easter Sunday without my mother and my family to gather. And many people were saying our Easter was just me at home or the two of us at home. And we tried to Zoom. But uh, along with Mark is saying, for Easter Sunday, it was very hard. That's that socialization, that sense of family. Um, respond to all this, Ed. How many, the two of you, it seems that all the days blend together now. Yeah. What day of the week is this? You're right. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. You're, 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 boy, you hit that you, on the head. That's right. Now, yeah. it reminds me of the movie with Bill Murray, Groundhog Day. Oh, sure, oh, yeah. sure. Remember, he kept repeating that day over and over and over again until he got it right. Yeah. All right? And he started out as a nasty selfish, self-centered individual, and he ended up, everybody loved him, mm -hmm. right? Good point. right? Good point. Well, you know, almost every day now, I get on my cell phone, I get these calls, 
and it's from someone I don't know. So I finally, I, I called this person, and it was an older gentleman who's trying to talk to his daughter, uh-huh. and he is suffering from dementia of some sort. Uh-huh. And I said, well, you know, what number are you calling? And it's similar to mine, but it's one digit off. Mm. He keeps calling, leaving me voicemails, etc. Mm. So I have talked to him. Wow. All right? And I don't think it's done a whole lot of good in terms of him realizing he's making these mistakes. But I could have gotten on the phone and said, blah, 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 why are you doing this? Don't bother yeah. me. Yeah. All right? Now, my friends and relatives who are suffering and they're lonely. I know a lot of people in nursing homes Mm -hmm. or retirements now who are locked up. They can't go in, they can't go out. And my other friends, you know, that have uh, husbands and wives, of course, maybe they're battling each other now. I hope not. Anyway, but I say (laughs) to all of them, I say, you know, pick up the phone and call me anytime. Mm -hmm. Whether you're happy or sad, If if you need to talk to somebody, talk to me. You know, Ed, Edward, and that is, uh, Mark recently sent his picture yeah. to the Lonely Hearts Club, <laughs> and they sent it back and said, we're not that lonely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He gets such a kick out of himself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never failed to amuse myself. But what you are talking about is what Greg talked about before, that radical self-acceptance. Guess what? We're all human. Yeah. We all have needs. There's a mystery in terms of our behavior, how we're reacting to this. But I would also want to say, Mark, and you're saying it, and so is uh, Dr. Gordon, that is uh, Easter, resurrection, the Lord who's thought to be dead lives eternally, resurrection, new life, so too for us. So the promise of the resurrection means the Lord is with us, as you've been saying, both of you. We're not in this alone. And so God will see us through this, this hard times. And, yeah. uh, and there, there's joy despite the hard, the hardness, the toughness of people going through. And as you said, Edward, this won't last. But somehow, no, it won't. And are we going to come out of it differently? Oh, yeah. Yes, I think we will. We'll I mean, different. Yes. look at there have been, and there are many other stories. I can come back, and we can do this again. Look yes. at Cardinal George. He suffered from an earlier pandemic of polio. Yes. Look at what he did with his life, with yeah. a brace on his leg all those years. Look how he traveled all over the world. And never complained about and it. And by the way, you need to bring it to a close. I want to thank in a very special way Dr. Edward Gordon, historian, great friend. Uh, Edward, you are fantastic great today. You will be back. This thank has been you. a great hour. Uh, give warmest regards and love to your beautiful wife, Elaine. So I want to thank you for being a tremendous guest. Thank you to co-host Mark Teresi, great work of our engineer slash producer, well, Javi, Javier Garcia, and also Jim Dish. To all our listeners, God bless. Stay safe. Keep praying. Have a great weekend. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.